White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Ecknerwall23, Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, and the show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and at YouTube, where you can see the videos that we drop for this show you might get a prize pack. We'll tell you how later on. Without further ado, here is Chris Tannehill. How are you doing tonight? Oh, doing fine, Herb. It's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Herb, uh, my podcast partner. Uh, it's episode 170 today. It's a mailbag Monday, and we're brought to you today by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use our promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off of your next order at builtbar.com. In this episode, we're going to find out how much does pitch framing actually matter you'll hear from one of the new white Sox catchers in that regard also we'll open up the mailbag and so much more on this edition of locked on socks all right herb so this is something we haven't really talked about you know since uh you know he signed but over the past couple weeks here you know just sometimes these transactions i think the white Sox are making their transactions on thursday friday now that we've gone to the monday tuesday wednesday posting format as soon as we post our last episode on friday they're like okay good we're in the clear we can sign players now because tanny and herb are not recording their podcast today so uh, we talked about it briefly but the acquisition of jonathan lucroy you know backup catcher has been a a big talking point for us all off season long. It's a it's a critical position, you know. The James McCann leaving the huge void for the White Sox. We knew we were never going to get that type of quality replacement, but the White Sox sent a non roster invite to spring training to Jonathan Lucroy, who of course you know he was a top five MVP candidate. Uh, I believe it was 2016, but you know one of the better catchers for the first half of the decade, and then injury issues sort of tapered off the production a little bit. But I remember at the time not being overwhelmed because you still had guys like Tyler Flowers out there on the open market, and I felt like they settled a little bit. But also it, it did feel to me that they saw the backup catcher need and although it's not a roster spot guarantee, it's not a contract, but it's an invite to spring training, and we often know how this goes, it does feel that the White Sox at least believe that they are addressing their problem at backup catcher. What would you make of the Jonathan Lucroy signing? Initially, really, just like, ugh, you know, a meh move, you know, a guy who is past his prime and hasn't been the catcher that he used to be in a while, since like 2016. But since then, I cut up his presser the other day and very impressed this guy's gonna be a major league manager eventually he talks the talk he walks the walk he sounds like a manager already giving nice uh thought out decent uh conversation between him and the media the assembled media on the zoom call but just uh impressed with his leadership and saying you know i've been sucky the last couple years but i think i'm good because I'm four years past the surgery I had after my 2016 season. I'm back with my guy, 
Jerry Naren, who gave me the first uh, chance and gave me belief that I was going to be good in Milwaukee. And so I'm warming up to this because he is a veteran catcher. You won't have to be dealing with either uh, Collins or my guy, Yermi Mercedes. Allow me to introduce you to my CL Mercedes. It's a great deal for the White Sox. Uh, minor league, if he isn't healthy, they can always go on the um, on the market and find somebody else. But for a backup catcher, hopefully he can recapture some of his old form with the bat and behind the plate and just be solid when he does play. Doesn't have to be the Lou Croy of old. He just has to be not the guy who played in Boston a couple of years ago. And then uh, I think he got signed by the Cubs a couple of years ago and wasn't great. Yeah. You know, I, I think you hit a couple of good points there with the whole babysitting aspect. You know, w- when you're in your world series window, there it is again. We should drink uh, every time I say that, but when you're in the winder there for the world series, you don't want to have to worry about babysitting a backup catcher, learning on the job type of situation. And, you know, there's still some intriguing options there. You've got the number one pick. It's always in play. Whenever an organization is tied to a player, they're going to do everything they can to make sure that guy succeeds. But with the, you know, in, invitation to Jonathan Lucroy, I think, you know, it, it is a possibility that he's going to be the backup catcher to Yasmani Grandal. And you mentioned Jerry Naren. Uh, I talked to someone uh, who's been in baseball a long time. Uh, I, I asked about Jerry Naren, and uh, he told me this, that Jerry Naren is a, a guy that brings gravitas you respect him immediately, and he carries himself as a man who has an answer before you even know the question. So I was really encouraged. Like Jerry Naren seems to be a, a beloved guy in baseball. He's got lots of crossover effect here. He was with Luke Roy, as you mentioned, in Milwaukee. He was actually with Luke Roy in Boston last year, although Luke Roy didn't see much playing time. He was in the, uh, in the uh, uh, reserve site for Boston. Um, but he was with Naren there, and Tony La Russa overlapped with Naren uh, in uh, in Boston as well, and maybe even in Arizona too. But this guy's been around, and he's well respected. And at the very least, maybe he'll he'll help the transition of, of Jonathan Lucroy here to be the backup role and sort of uh, reignite whatever spark is there. And then also maybe coach up some of these young guys, uh, either to be trade chips or maybe even to help the team succeed in 2021. You know, I'm looking at guys. I don't know how much Zach Collins is going to help you in 2021. But you see a guy like Yermin Mercedes, and if if the bat plays, like all of a sudden he comes out in spring training, and oh god, he can still rake. Like he's going to need to be in that lineup. And I think if Jerry Naren can coach him up a little bit and keep improving on the uh, on the catching position, that element of his game, I think that'll uh, do wonders for the White Sox here in 2021. But you mentioned his Zoom call earlier that Jonathan Lucroy had, and. You know, he talked about pitch framing, and uh, see if you if you think the same thing here when I heard this, but Jonathan Lucroy, to me, sounds like the, the Ric Flair of, of pitch framing. He was so braggadocious about his pitch framing abilities, but, you know, when we talk about this stuff, and we know Yasmani's a, an elite pitch framer, Jonathan Lucroy, you know, s- says he was in, in his day, he was a, a top-tier one, but the 2019 and 2018, not so much, maybe the injuries had a part of it, but in a backup role, 2019 he was ranked number 40 in all of baseball for for pitch framing which considering he was a backup is not awful so it's decent for the guy didn't have a lot of playing time in 2018 he was 39th overall in baseball so uh that's that's the sample size we have recently but he was talking about pitch framing with the media and basically someone asked how important is pitch framing and here's what jonathan lucroy had to say i'm not even sure how many years it was three or four years in a row i was the best catcher in the league at framing well i'm gonna be honest with you None of those years we went to the playoffs, you know. Does it affect the game that much? Maybe, maybe not. 
I mean, if you're a terrible framer, it could definitely if you're taking away pitches and you're and you're and you're in two count two O counts versus O two counts, absolutely it can affect the game. So I think it does affect some. Does it have as big of an effect on the game? You know, as chain as you know, you're you're getting 10, 15 more wins because of it over the course of a season. I don't know. Like I said, there are several years I was the best framer in the league and we didn't get to the playoffs one time. So I just don't know. It's hard to say, but I do think it is is important. But I think it's more what's more the most important skill behind the plate for a catcher, I believe, is calling a game. If you look at a guy like Yadier Molina, you know, that's where I learned how to call a game from, just from observation and hitting against him. Whenever he would call a game against me when I was hitting, he would start me off with something different every at bat. And then his second pitch of every bat, he'd throw me something different. He'd try to strike me out. If I got 0-2 or two strikes, he'd try to punch me, you know, get a punch out um, with a different pitch every time. I mean, I couldn't sit on stuff. It was just so, like, unpredictable. And that's what game calling is, is being unpredictable, screwing with timing, getting ahead in the count. It's extremely important to throw strikes. But framing, is it important? Yes. Is it the most important thing? No. Game calling is the most important thing. The other stuff is extra. And obviously, you want to be able to do the other stuff at a capable level. But game calling to me is the most important skill to have on the plate, especially when you have a, a Lamborghini pitching staff like we got. We got to know how to drive a Lamborghini. And if we don't know how to drive a Lamborghini, you know, it's not going to work well. So how about that, Herbie? Uh, the Sox have a Lamborghini, Alfred. Will you be wanting the back putter? Middle of the day, Alfred? Not very subtle. The Lamborghini then. Much more subtle. For the pitching staff this year. But yeah, Luke Croy sounds like a gamer, man. Like, I don't know if, if there's like a power shift Within the White Sox, where Tony Larusa has like you know if he's like retaining or obtaining more of the power here in the organization, but you're seeing a lot of smart baseball guys on the coaching staff. You're you're seeing Jonathan Lucroy brought in, who of course Larusa's got familiarity with being in the you know NL Central for those years and still being in baseball as a Hall of Famer baseball person. But Lucroy's a gamer, and after hearing him talk about that, and you just you know we all know that calling a game is important. But this goes to show you how when you have an established catcher back there, a guy who's been there, done that, he's been to the postseason still, you know, you have a guy back there that's been there, done that, it really helps everything go. It, it helps your pitchers who are still young, it helps the defense, it helps everyone, and I just don't know if you would ever get that this year with any of the guys we talked about, be it Zach Collins, Jermaine Mercedes, Sebi Zavala. This guy is a plug-and-play guy. You won't have to worry about uh, your pitching staff when they're in the hands of Jonathan Lucroy, uh, be it once or twice a week. Yeah, and even though he signed a minor league deal, if he is healthy and gets through spring training, he's going to be the backup catcher. And that's a relief because he'll never be looking over his shoulder. Like he knows that Zach Collins and Yuri Mercedes are not ready for the major leagues, especially not the grind of being a backup catcher and that responsibility of being a backup catcher, like not knowing that you're not going to get your 130 games caught. But when you get called, you need to perform. And for a young player like Zach Collins, who struggled at the major league level and the one at bat, Jeremy Mercedes had, you know, these things are going to be thought of every time. And when you're a guy who's played in the minors all his whole life, being in a major league is a huge thing, but not playing is an even bigger thing. Like you're stalling progression, you're stalling development, and it's good. Now the White Sox have options to say, Zach Collins, we still believe in you, brother. Get 130 down there in Charlotte. Dominate. With your bat, get on base. Crush home runs. Feel good about yourselves. And then maybe next year, 2022, 
you'll be ready to go. So this is a good move for the White Sox. Nothing to worry about now. We check one of those things off. I know you were worried about backup catcher. We, I was worried about backup catcher. We checked that off. This guy's a professional. If he's healthy, I think he'll do an admirable job. He won't be James McCann. If we're expecting that, get that out of your mind. He won't be. But if we get anything close to like a, a fourth of what he was when he was an MVP candidate, we'll take it. Absolutely, and they even have the, the, the backup plan there. If, let's say he's not healthy as he thinks he is. He told James Fegan that he feels as good as he has in a long time, and his injury issues are pretty much behind him, and they were affecting his mechanics at the plate, everything. They were, he was being affected by this herniated disc that he had. But So even if he's not healthy, hopefully with the addition of Jerry Naren to the to the coaching staff, hopefully he'll be able to coach up some at least one of these young guys. That's all you need. Just coach up one of these young guys enough to be – ready to go on opening day because we know you know maybe not so much this year with expanded playoffs but in a typical 162 one game can make the difference in the world and if you you know you want to make sure that you're locked down as tight as you possibly can be uh, on every spot in the diamond if you want to be a world series contender we'll take a brief time out and we come back on the other side we're going to open up the mailbag we're back right after this on locked on socks and this episode of locked on socks is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Football, sadly, it's over. It was our first football this weekend, uh, but there's still plenty of cool things that you can bet on at betonline.ag. That's only one place that has you covered, and that's the only place that we trust. You sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, Herbie, what are you shifting uh, your plays on now that football uh, is in the rearview mirror here at betonline.ag. Yeah, I'm going to be switching my uh, focus to the NCAA and basketball. Uh, with the regular apps you're getting uh, accustomed to, you can't, in Illinois, bet on the Illinois teams in college. So no Northwestern Illinois game, no Illinois futures, none of that stuff. But with betonline.ag, you can still bet on your Illini to win the tournament. I will stay away from that because I usually bet with my heart, not with my head when I go with Illinois. So I'm going to hedge my bets in this regard and go with Iowa because if they do cut the nets down in Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament and or win the NCAA championship, at least can I can feel good that I got some money via betonline.ag and the rest of my Illinois cohorts will not be able to do that unless they go to betonline.ag. Absolutely, and I'm looking ahead at baseball futures, and I think Wednesday's show, we're going to get into it with pitchers and catchers reporting what better time to check out what betonline.ag has to offer in terms of baseball futures. We'll, we'll make some content out of it. We'll, we'll maybe make some bets during the show. That'll be on Wednesday, but don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action, and don't forget our promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Locked on White Sox is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Yes, Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got six brand new flavors. One of them I am trying for the first time. I, I can't wait, Herbie. I supposedly uh, I'm going to get my new shipment of Built Bar in tomorrow. Uh, I ran out yesterday from my last shipment, and I, I was a I was a bad boy today eating my my cookies that I had laying around that I wasn't touching when I had my Built Bars. But you know, I don't when I don't have these fallbacks here. Uh, it's a rough go for the kids. So I'm looking forward to getting my new shipment of Built Bars in tomorrow. I got my mixture, my 18 pack. I got six of the new flavor, the Cherry Barcia. I got the German chocolate, and I got my favorite, uh, coconut. And they sent me the shipment of uh, coconut brownie crunch. 
uh, which was really good. That was a limited time flavor. I told you guys about that last week, and I'm out of those, but those are really good. I hope they bring them back. Uh, I really like coconut, and so do you. you well, uh, they yeah. and chocolate and the coconut, oh, the coconut it's, brownie. Yes, I tell you what, it's so good. It's one of my favorites. I know you're anti-coconut, but that's okay. There's plenty of flavors if you don't like coconut. The the oats and cream. Mm. Yeah, that's your that's the one you're rocking with right now. I am. It's delicious. It tastes just like a candy bar. Uh, you guys think I'm joking? Go ahead and try it out for yourself. I'm telling you, like for the past three weeks, I've been eating Built Bars to supplement my sweet fix after dinner, uh, my three o'clock snack at work when you need a little protein boost pick me up. I've been doing the Built Bar thing, and I, I'm feeling the difference. I think I'm sleeping better at night. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night with sweet cravings. I'm telling you, it's bad for me. Like I'm, I'm addicted to sugar, but I'm slowly phasing it out of my life because uh, I have my Built Bars here to make better choices. Choices and what I love about built built bars is they're packed with protein, uh, they're low carb and low sugar, and they're covered in chocolate. So I still get to satisfy my chocolate craving. And if you go to builtbar.com right now, you'll get twenty percent off of your next order when you use our promo code Locked On. That's twenty percent off at builtbar.com. And if you go there, just you have to stay in tune. Sign up for their mailing list as well because they'll often send you promotions that they have, like they had. Uh, an extra 14% off this weekend for Valentine's Day. So, And they had all these fun flavors. Like, So they're always experimenting at BuiltBar.com. And uh, I, I may have to double up and get 36 and not just 18 because I clearly ran out after a couple weeks. So uh, do what I did. Go to BuiltBar.com. But don't do what I did when I forgot to write the promo code. Make sure you write that promo code locked on for your 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. We're covering everything you need to know about the White Sox, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's the all sports news you need every morning. It's under 20 minutes. You subscribe today at Locked On Today Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herbie, shall we open up that bag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. We love email, too. We love your emails, most of all. How does a Lockdown White Sox listener get us some emails so they can be read on Mailbag Monday, Talk to Us Tuesday, or What Up Wednesday, or even Fun Friday? How do they do that? Send it to LockedOnSox at gmail.com. That is LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Questions, comments, White Sox, baseball, non-baseball, whatever. We'll read them all. Not all of them make it to our shows. All right, let's start it off here with our good friend who I just uh, sent out a prize pack to last week, Mike Victor. He sent this one uh, kind of late. It was at the buzzer for the mailbag cutoff here, but I thought it was poignant because we're getting buried by snow again here in Chicago. For our listeners who check us out around the country, uh, you don't have to deal with the snow. Uh, it's been miserable here in Chicago. Only during February, too. Yeah, it's weird. Like we, we, we got no snow for most of the late fall and early winter, and all of a sudden we've just been getting pounded lately with snow so mike victor checks in he's uh he asks, yeah yeah he, <laughs> he asks us this mike says hey guys wanted to think of a good question but all i've been doing is shoveling i have a nice long driveway sweet brag uh, so yeah it pretty much sucks uh, not sure how much shoveling you guys have been doing but hopefully it's less than me it's weird that i don't mind summer yard work and mowing the lawn but shoveling is such a downer I know cold and everything, but I do have a lot of insulation. What about you guys? Does the thought of shoveling get you down? Talk soon. That's Mike Victor. Uh, Herb, I know where you fall on this, and I hope you appreciate it every day that you don't have to deal with shoveling. Um, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, I <laughs> When's the last time you shoveled? I mean, you, you uh, probably well, helped, well, helped your mom, but. No, I, sh I mean, 
I grew up in apartments my whole life, so I didn't shovel growing up. And I was telling Courtney, too, like we've been watching these home shows and there's like a big yards. And like, man, I would love to mow a lawn because, you know, I didn't grow up doing that. And so when I get an opportunity to shovel, which is, you know, our car, which we park on the street, sometimes you need to shovel out of that spot. And I leave because dibs is dumb and I don't leave any furniture with me because you guys are selfish dummies. Um, <laughs> Chicago's dumb for that thing. So I shovel out my let's, car. Let's sometimes. whiteboard dibs for the for the worldwide audience. So dibs, uh, if you've never experienced Chicago winter season dibs, dibs is where you dig your car out of a out of a snow trench. Uh, on you, a public street. Yeah, public street. You, you dig your car out. You spend sometimes all afternoon digging it out because you get uh, sort of you, – you, you get barricaded in by the, 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 the snow plows that drive down the street and the salt trucks. They just push all the snow up against your car and you dig it out and you spend a couple hours doing that. And then you want to reserve that spot that you spent so so much time digging out that you put sometimes uh, you'll put a lawn chair out there. Uh, I've seen there was a story going around locally here that a guy froze his pants and set them out as dibs in the, in the parking spot, which was pretty funny. But they, this has been a thing in Chicago for forever. And, and they take it serious. And if you park in those people's spots, they'll like do things to your car. Yeah, which is, you know. We could we could do a whole episode on on dibs. You're, you're clearly anti dibs. I could go either way uh, with it. You know, I'd prefer not because you don't own the street. Um, but you know, it depends on where you live. Like some places, just it's just not practical. Like when I lived in Rogers Park, parking was so scarce. Like you really couldn't expect someone to like put something out in, in the, to reserve their spot because parking was just at a premium. You know what I mean? So now I don't have to worry about that, thankfully. But yeah, that's what they call dibs. And even the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, had to come out. And, and say they have an anti-dibs policy like they've been putting uh violations on on people's property like their their chairs and tables and things they leave out in the street saying this is a warning there's no dibs allowed here and the next time you're going to get fined so that that's what dibs is yeah and so i'm not a big fan but when i do get to shovel out my car like tomorrow even though i'm not going to work uh, I'm recording this on sunday but it's coming on on monday so i won't go to work on president's day I'll probably still want to shovel out my car so I don't have to do that early Tuesday where I have to go out to work. So um, I'll do a like a preliminary thing because I'm supposed to be snowing forever for Monday until Tuesday. So I don't want to be one big job because I keep on hearing, you know, Mike says he likes to do the yard work during the summer and hates to do it in the winter. I keep hearing, you know, people, you know, while they're plowing the snow or shoveling the snow sometimes catch heart attacks and so that's the last thing i want to be doing is doing something i don't really enjoy and then get the ultimate uh heart attack and that would suck while doing this and so yeah i'm gonna do it like one preliminary one and then on early on tuesday if i can get my car out awesome if i can't i do uh, like 20 minutes of the shoveling that'll be fine but i don't want to be doing hours of shoveling before work it'll just dry drain me but i know tanny you know, you have probably a shovel, but uh, you don't use that shovel that much, do you? Oh, uh, well, you know, I've been using it a lot because when you only get like, you know, uh, an inch here or there, you know, you want to keep your, your sidewalk clean and clear, you know, so I keep the shovel on the side of the house just to like, you know, you know, make sure that it's always clean for, you know, Amazon 
postal workers, delivery people, like any, make sure that the, the, the front of the house is always clear. But I've used the snowblower. Uh, Mike Francesa loved his snowblower. I, I've used it more than I ever thought I would this year. I, I don't think I used it. Maybe I used it once all of last winter. It was gifted to, to, to my wife and I. Uh, from my brother-in-law, and boy, you're getting a free snowblower. That, that's, you're living high on the hog there. That's great stuff. We didn't have to pay for it. it the thing is like next to brand new. It practically has the price tag on it. I, I got it serviced uh, the, the first uh, you know fall that I had it, and it, it runs like a dream, knock on wood, uh, but it's just it's awesome. I've used it like four or five times already. Because after a while, like it would be pretty demoralizing, like you're, like our guy Mike Victor here, if you had to shovel yourself out of all this snow. Because as soon as you clear it out, there's more coming. So I have no problems with that. Just break out the snowblower. I like to get out there nice and early. I like to be the first one out on the block in the morning after a snowstorm and, and do. Uh, it's not a long block, you know. Like you know, you, you know where I live. So like I like to do mm-hmm. our side of the street. The other side of the street is you know a, a church. So I, I do our side. And hopefully I'm the first one out there and I just do everyone's sidewalk and, and, you know, I feel good about that because it, the thing was gifted to me. So I feel good. And all, all it cost me was time and just a little bit of gas, which I don't mind, you know, it's not expensive. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like to get out there and get after it. The only thing that sucks is I have this patch of grass in my driveway. It's like a strip. It's like a little landing strip mm. of grass in my driveway. I know this is very interesting to you people, uh, but I, I can't fully clear my driveway or else I, I'll murder my grass. So that's that's a little bit tough. I can't really park in, in my driveway that far or the garage. But yeah, man, it's uh, it sucks, you know. But it'll make the summertime shay yeah uh, that much sweeter, you know. We'll we'll be thinking about this this brutal winter uh, in uh, hopefully June or July when we're out at the ballpark having a nice cold one. Uh, but yeah, so thank you, Mike, as always for checking in. Get yourself yeah, a snowblower. Yeah, and if I ever get a, a house, you've sold me on this snowblower thing because that shoveling a whole driveway thing sounds terrible. Well, here's the, yeah, I couldn't imagine doing that. But here's the thing too, you know, uh, you can help dig someone's car out in in seconds. Like if someone on the block is stuck, or your your own car, even if your car's stuck, you can snow blow your car out of the spot. You know what I mean? And without any real effort or exertion, you get yourself a nice, powerful snow blower, and you're out of there quick, fast. So yeah, I highly recommend, especially if you can get yours for free, like I did. That's always the best uh, so the possible. Price on the house. <laughs> the price on of the house. On the house. Uh, all right, next one coming in here from Adam Garcia, and this one is uh, is one that really had me thinking here. Uh, would the White Sox have been better? off trading for Blake Snell rather than Lance Lynn given what they gave up for Lynn and what the Padres got for Snell gave up for Snell that's from Adam Garcia thank you Adam for checking in I think you're a, a new contributor here so we appreciate it yeah Herb looking at these two deals in retrospect the White Sox once again uh, jumping the market uh, but they were able to at least find a partner here with, for the Lance Lynn trade giving up Dane Dunning uh, who's going to be in their rotation this year you would think um, but meanwhile, the Padres uh, sending off uh, a bunch of uh, high ceiling, uh, high school type level prospects. So, uh, what do you think? Would the Sox have been better off trying to get Snell, or are you okay with them having Lynn? It's a twofold answer. I'm okay with them getting Lance Lynn. I see him as a top of the rotation guy that's been there for the last couple of years. And it's a walk here, so he's going to want to continue that success. Uh, probably for his last real contract in the major leagues as a pitcher who's up in age. So I think he's going to do well for the White Sox. But as we said, trades got to hurt. And that hurt a lot because, you know, me and you are big time Dane Dunning guys. So 
we think that his future is going to be very bright. I think he's like Kyle Hendricks like, and he'll do really well down there in Texas for that, that ballpark. I don't think it plays as well as the other ballpark they had. And it's not as lively because they got the dome. So I think his uh, numbers will be down uh, a little bit, you know, five, four ERA, something like that, but he'll pitch well uh, in his Texas career. And I'm going to miss him a lot. Blake Snell, he has pitched as a number one and he was pitching as well in the a was that they the world series before he got taken out he's got trusted to have the ball during that series ah, i you would have to give up less but the padres less is probably a lot more for the white Sox. so you would probably give up guys that weren't going to be on the major league roster but would hurt a little bit um thinking maybe Seaver. i don't think you have to go for Kopech in that regard, or you have to dip into Cease or anything like that on the major league roster, but you would have to give up some guys in the future that maybe you would want to uh, have because I don't think the White Sox farm system is even close to the, to the Padres. I think they gave up a, like a 9, 11, 13 in their system, maybe uh, single digits for the White Sox guys, so all those guys that would be given up. So uh, it would hurt a little bit more, but I like the certainty of Lance Lynn being a number one or two over the Blake Snell can get back to the level he was at uh, when he won the Cy Young because uh, that was a ridiculous level. Um, so and the deals, damn, Blake Snell, I think, has two, three more years left yeah. in this deal. Yeah. And it's pretty good. <sighs> uh, <laughs> if I had to flip a coin, I would say you can only win 2021 championship in 2021. Yep. Lance Lynn. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with you there. And I think the White Sox were were correct in jumping the market on this because as the deeper the offseason went along, you were starting to see the players uh, you know, being traded in these deals. There was a different profile with these players that, that were getting sent out for the top tier talent. Like I said, lots of high school, lots of you know, potential guys. You're not, you're not talking about guys that were on the cusp or major league ready guys. These are basically lottery tickets for years down the road, which is, you know, for some organizations, it's like, okay, well, you know, these guys we got back are really good. Like you talk about that Arenado trade, the most recent one I'm thinking of. Like, you know, I remember watching that press conference with the, the Rockies brass and they were talking about like, mm. they didn't even really know like the prospects they were talking about. They're like, oh, our baseball people say they're really good. But this is just kicking the can down the road. Like you mm-hmm. don't know. Like and by then you'll forgot. You you would have forgotten who they gave up to give up give up for the player. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and the people who are GMs and front office people will be gone. Or the next person. Or job. they'll skate and you know no one's going to hold them to that standard because no one's going to remember. You know, like this we're talking like in the in the day we live day and age we live in now, no you know, no one remembers what happened five minutes ago. You're talking about prospects that are gonna take years to develop. You know, so maybe some guys will hit and they'll be at the major league level earlier than most and maybe we'll start to see Tom a shit. will. That's about it. Yeah. So but maybe we'll see you know, guys come up earlier and be cheaper and you know, and just roll the dice on high upside guys. But yeah, like, you know, they're just kicking the can down the road in a lot of these instances and I don't think the White Sox farm system has the depth 
of those type of players to get someone like Blake Snell. So I'm glad that Rickon found a trade partner in the Texas Rangers early on in the offseason because they were able to get their guy because I think if they would have uh, you know, held their cards to their to the close to the vest throughout the offseason, maybe they would have come up short on some of these other guys. So yeah, I, I think I'm okay with the uh, with the deal for Lance Lynn in, in retrospect. So thank you uh, for the email. Uh, wrapping it up here as we're already out of time here, but uh, who better to close it out with on Valentine's Day as we record this Valentine's Day night? Uh, this is just a really, really warm email here uh, from our guy, Uncle Pete. Here's what Uncle Pete says. Happy Valentine's Day, fellas. Ever heard of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Well, it was named after me. Got married real young. Wife was real hot and firm. Had a bit of a slot machine addiction, but she was real good, so I let it pass. I used to slip five spots and whatnot out of her coat year-round. Come Valentine's Day, I'd give her some cash, tell her to spend a night or two on the riverboat. While she's gone, I'd do whatever the fuck I want to do for a couple of days and spend the rest of her cash, paying a team of maids to sweep the house from the rooter to the tutor. She comes back after blowing her own winnings, feeling bad because she thinks it's mine. Oh my goodness, Pete, you spent your whole time cleaning? Yup. Then began the massacre. Never walk straight until spring break, but that's for another letter. Uncle Pete the plumber. Doesn't that just warm the cockles, Herbie? And can you can you say warm on a podcast? My goodness. Uh, but yeah, thank you, Uncle Pete, for that very touching Valentine's Day message, uh, as only you uh, could put it. So I, I think that's a good place to close it here, Herbie. And it's a perfect way. Uh, man, Uncle Pete has a way with words. So for Chris Tannehill, follow him on Twitter at Chris Tannehill. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwell23 on Twitter. And the show is at Locked on Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. As you heard us say, we gave out a prize pack to Mike Victor, who was a great contributor. Met him at Lunar Brewing, uh, I think well, probably around this time last year. Goodness gracious. Remember going out and doing things? Yeah. You remember people, my, you, drinking I, beers? Remember Michael Kopech? You mentioned Kopech in that last email. Like John Paul Morosi reporting that uh, the Sox are thrilled with uh, Michael Kopech's progress, and they expect maybe he'll be in the starting rotation uh, to open the season. I, I just thought I'd add that little footnote there because I forgot to mention it when you talked about Kopech. But that was seemed like a lifetime ago when we were having beers with Mike Victor at Lunar, and Michael Kopech was pitching lights out for an inning, and then things got shut down. It seems like forever ago, uh, but I digress. And so, yeah, that's going to be a good time when we can do that again. But in the interim, go to the YouTube page, hit subscribe, hit the notifications bell, and maybe you can be like Mike Victor and you get a prize pack. So for every 100 subscriber, Chris picks up a random winner for a Locked on Socks prize pack. You saw our shirts the other day, the mug behind Chris right there. Delicious. Awesome. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Socks.